All right, everybody, this is Tyrell Ventura. Welcome to the governor's office here on Clubhouse. We will also be replaying some of this wonderful uh, conversations that we have here on Die First Then Quit at Substack.com. And joining me tonight in the office is, as always, Governor Jesse Ventura. Jesse, how was your Wednesday? Uh, pretty good, I guess. You know, it uh, uh, finally got back. I missed, I missed a whole week of working out. And I and I hadn't missed a week of working out in I would say well over almost two years. Wow. Well, I mean, virtually through the whole pandemic, you know, and the pandemic's kind of been going on for two years because it's been two years since I've been to Mexico. Mm -hmm. And so in the interim, I've been working out. I mean, why not? <laughs> and, and so, uh, this, I took a week off this week. I worked out last Thursday and then flew out to Los Angeles and was out there till Sunday and flew back here. And I will say this, oh, airport traveling. I hate it now. I've, I've quit flying for a while or doing it too much. Getting back into airports, I, I guess it's because I spent so much time in them at certain times in my life during my career that it's like going back into, how do you describe it? Back into the, into a horror picture that you didn't want to see anymore. It's like going, it's like reliving a bad dream. Of well, it's like you're just switching channels and all of a sudden you come to the chainsaw massacre. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and you're forced to watch it for a few moments and then you realize I can't keep watching this and you move on. No, I guess that's how I feel about, I, I, I don't know. There's just something, the airports and going through security and, and the, the, the herd mentality out there because the lines and the, uh, you know, and all this and all that. And then of course I've got a, I've had hip surgery, so I get to, to go through the special one that sets the beeper off because well, you got to put your hands over your head. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, because I, because I've got metal in my body, you know, a big enough chunk of metal it'll set the other beeper off and all that. So, you got to tell them, and and it's just that I don't know. It just going out and moving amongst the masses like herded cattle isn't my idea of the best way of spending an afternoon. Airline travel is just some of the worst, and it's been like. A steady fall downhill ever since uh, 9-11. You know, I suppose it has, you know, and I mean, I don't, I'm glad I don't fly like I used to. There was one point I actually flew 28 days in a month at the, peak of, at the peak of my wrestling career in the WWF or WWE as they are now. But, oh yeah, there was a one month that I, uh, I, I actually, 28 out of the 30 days I was on an airplane. That's brutal. And, 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 oh, yeah, there's guys that were doing that right with me. You know, I wasn't alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, I wasn't out there by myself doing it. You know, was, all of us were out there. And, oh, yeah, they, you know, at the, at the peak in the 80s, they were running sometimes three shows a night. You know, and so you'd have, you'd have three groups of wrestlers out there. You know, and, and 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 they're so greedy because they all want a piece of the pie and they want it while the pie's hot. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and so they they just exploit you to no end, and then you're exploitable because the bigger the crowds, the more money you make, and the more times you wrestle, the more money you make, and you're at the peak of your physical and mental life and all that, and so you're able to do that to make the most money you can make. Mm-hmm. And then the end result is pro wrestlers, they, they did a study, Pro wrestlers die sooner than pro football players. Really? Oh, yeah. Incredible. Oh, yeah. At at, at an alarming rate more. Mm. That pro pro wrestlers die at a younger age than pro football players do. That that doesn't surprise me given that, you know, wrestlers have very little padding. They're they're jumping all around, sacrificing their body, especially in today's pro wrestling or even the last 20 years, 30 years of pro wrestling like that. that well, it was always that way. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it, uh, it just that it's done more often today, mm-hmm. you know, but remember this, there were at the time of the territories, Tyrell, think of this. Pro wrestling back then was the third largest drawing spectator sport in America. Wow. Do you know what it trailed? No, what did it trail? Yes. What do you think? Um, let's see. Big stadiums, things like that. Uh, I would say the NFL would be one. No, just categorize it football. Or football. Okay. Yeah. Fo- yeah. Because uh, what do you call it? Uh, yeah. Football uh, would be okay. one. Okay. What else? I would throw baseball in there because they usually got pretty big, big stadiums generally. You see, that's where you went wrong. You missed them both. Missed them both. All right. Yeah, because you? because you took the wrong analogy. Okay. You went immediately to big stadiums. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that didn't win out. Pro wrestling actually trailed only car racing and horse racing. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Because there were car races back in those days. There were car races and horse races at small county levels going on throughout the entire United States. Right. So cumulatively, they would add up. And there was pro wrestling going on in what, 26, 20-some territories? Yeah, it's across the country. Yeah. So you had a pro wrestling match going on every night of the week in 20 places throughout the country. Wow. And and that's year-round. <laughs> with see the other thing is football and baseball which you mentioned mm-hmm. they're, they're seasonal they're see yeah that's right that's right so they get months three four months they're not happening yeah once they're done that's it that's well it. they're not happening they're seasonal pro wrestling was year-round car racing was year-round and horse racing was year-round yeah. and the reason horse racing you could bet yeah, that's true. That's if, hey, you, you you could bet if there wasn't gambling, <laughs> it wouldn't as big a draw. It wouldn't it wouldn't quite draw as big. You know, if if they couldn't go out there and put the dough down. Here's an interesting uh, Hollywood factoid to you. You know, uh, Joe Pesci named he races. He has horses that he owns that are racehorses, and he named every one of his racehorses after a different character he played in the movie. Really. He had Leo Getz was the name of one of his horse from Lethal Weapon. Uh, I think he named the horse David Ferry. No kidding. (laughs) I think so, Uh, yeah. Well, Vern Gagne's daughter named one of her horses after me. No way, really. Yeah, yeah, because he had a horse called uh, Jesse the Body. (laughs) 
That's amazing. You know, so apparently at the time, whatever, they bought, had one. Because his daughters had quite a few horses and were into the horse stuff. You know, fascinating. He didn't know that about the Ganyas. Oh yeah, and they, well, I remember that they had a that they had a horse. They named Jesse the Body. She named it Jesse the Body. <laughs> Interesting stuff on the political front today. Uh, okay, fire, fi- fire, fire up. We'll do a little bit of that. Okay, uh, maybe, maybe I've heard. Maybe I haven't. Yeah, uh, Politico had a story out that came from uh, some professors at the University of Maryland who wrote wrote a story in Politico after a, a survey that they did of voters, about 2,000 some odd voters between May 6th and the 16th of this year, early in the spring. Yeah. And 61% of Republicans in the survey supported declaring the United States a Christian nation. 61% of Republicans want the United States called a Christian nation Mm-hmm. According well, to this survey, yeah. Well, you know, they really ought to pay attention to something because uh, I saw a big ad in the paper that said secular people were now the largest religion in America. I saw that too. Yeah, yeah. That secular people are people who don't believe in religion. Mm-hmm. And if we're the largest of all that and we're bigger than any religion, why would we want and accept what they what they what the Republicans are proposing? It, it's uh, it, it just it blows my mind. It, well, it blows my mind because we're supposed to be a country that everything's accepted. Exactly. Why does the country need to be labeled one particular religion? Mm hmm. Oh, and since you got well, since you're on to that, you know, let's talk. I guess we we would like to be a Christian, be labeled a Christian nation because we have two strong Christian governors down in Florida and in Texas, strong Christians, oh, yeah. and and they're behaving like Jesus would behave, I would guess. <laughs> You know, they're rounding up these people and shipping them off and using them for political pawns and treating them inhumane, yep. you know, but I guess that's what good Christians do <laughs> because they're, they call themselves, and I'm speaking of Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott, they call themselves good Christians. Is that part of being the Christian nation? Rounding up refugees and misleading and shipping them around the country to use them for your political advantage? That's the Christian way, huh? Mm. See, I need to learn all this in case I stay active politically. Right, right. So, you know, to decide whether I want to do things the Christian way or not. (laughs) And uh, no, I just find that astounding that, I mean, because I was raised a Christian Mm -hmm. and... I don't think Jesus would behave like that. All the stuff I've read on him, Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott, are they, they're hardly behaving in the manner I believe that Jesus would behave in. I agree. And so, so being that they're not behaving like the person they allegedly follow, mm-hmm. how can they then call themselves Christians? Aren't you supposed to follow who you behave like? That would be the idea, right? Maybe, maybe it's maybe because I'm thick-headed and dumb on religion now, on purpose, <laughs> that uh, that uh, I, I I'm not aware 
but at least from my recollection of of when I when I like to refer to it when I got uh, uh, my see I spent what sixteen years being uh, I, I don't want to use the term brainwashed <laughs> but uh, well being indo- indoctrinated indoctrinated there you go there you go there yeah you go. I that's the word I'm looking for I spent sixteen years being indoctrinated in Christianity I passed everything and received everything I was supposed to receive in it, mm-hmm. you know, to be accepted mm-hmm. and all that. But I've chose today not to follow it. You know, I've, I've broken free of my indoctrination of it. And, uh, but, but I just, so I have a knowledge of it. Yeah. And so, yeah. and so then I see Abbott and, 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 um, DeSantis, behaving in a manner that to my recollection wasn't how Jesus behaved at all. No, they're behaving in, in a fact, manner. In, in fact, Jesus, I don't see one Republican who can possibly basically say they behave like Jesus because didn't Jesus throw the money people out? Well, these people certainly don't throw the money people out of Congress, do they? No, they do not. They keep you know, I mean, by their yeah, I mean, yeah, they they indulge the lobbyists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and then they call themselves Christians, indulging lobbyists, right? Money people who are buying their influence. Well, in case they forgot, Jesus was a big supporter of the poor and was there to help the poor and to help the well, and and he threw the money changers out of the temple. Exactly. Well, that means, imagine that, Ty. Your father acted way more like Jesus. Your father, the agnostic atheist, because I threw the uh, lobbyists out of the temple when I was governor. That's very true. I never met with a lobbyist. Maybe we should call this lunch with Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, I could be in trouble now. He made a crack like John Lennon. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, yeah. How dare you? What are you How talking? dare you? You know, but uh, no, I'm making the laughing point. I say that I behave more like Jesus than what Abbott and DeSanto do. I look, I mean, if you're talking about governing and you're talking about, yeah. No, yeah. treating people. People as, yeah. who, who do you think behaves better, more like Jesus, me or DeSantis and Abbott? Uh, well did you see uh uh ron had a uh, ron DeSantis earlier was advised students at hillsdale college a christian school in michigan to put on the full armor of god and stand firm against the left schemes all the left schemes because you know they're out to, to attack you christians out there so left people are not christians is that what he's insinuating I think that or, or that liberals lib, liberals are not Christians. I think yeah, he's insinuating. No, no, that's what he's saying. Oh yeah, yeah. That that they're the better Christians. Mm-hmm. There it is. I've always found this. I've always found that the people who advertise that they're the best Christians are usually the worst. Mm, that's a good. Point. That's the way I've seen it mostly. And I'll give you another example. Mm-hmm. Here you go. I got one for you and the listeners, and then we'll open it up. Mm-hmm. When I when I ran for mayor of Brooklyn Park, the sixth largest city, mm-hmm. they were being governed by a group of good old boys that had their network going. They were embedded in their heavy Democrat, real good old boy network, right? 
Yeah. And I saw the corruption that they were doing locally. And that's what led me to run for office was battling this particular corruption, Mm -hmm. which I won't go into right now. And, but here's the point I'm getting to. In the midst of this battle, your mom, of course, she's spiritual. Yeah. Uh, she wanted a church mm-hmm. to go to, right? So she searched for the religion of her choosing. And when she chose the church of her choice to join in Brooklyn Park, it... <laughs> It turned out when she brought home all the literature, all of the church leaders or the church, whatever they call them all, senior fellows or church, whatever, the hierarchy of the church were all the good old boys. Oh, wow. That were running the government. Wow. So you know what I learned from that? Hmm. I learned here's how they operate and how they get away with it. Monday through Saturday, they can go out, lie, steal, and cheat all they want. But then they go to church on Sunday and they ask for forgiveness of their sins. Mm. So then they get a clean slate again on Monday. Mm. Mm. So they can go back out and do it again. (laughs) And every Sunday. Because remember when George Bush ran for president, the kid? Mm-hmm. You weren't allowed to go into his past before he was 40 because that was when he was born again. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And they said, oh, no, no, no. Anything before that has been wiped clean. <laughs> you know, he's born again now, you know. So anything he did before that don't count. That doesn't count. Yeah. And I believe that's how they operate. I believe that's what they believe. And that's what they've convinced themselves is that as long as they go to church every Sunday, they can do anything from Monday through Saturday they feel like. And then just go in and quietly have forgiveness or whatever. And this isn't a knock, but you know what I'm glad? I'm glad I wasn't. I, I was a Lutheran. I'm glad I wasn't a Catholic. Really? Not, not because, just only because of confession. Oh, right, right, right. I, I don't think I could have did that. Yeah, because they do it differently. And in, 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 was it Lutheranism? You just kind of line up. And they, well, no, 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 they don't even do that. Well, they forgive you. They, they, uh, well, they mass. do it in mass. Yeah, yeah. You, get you don't have to go in there and tell individually what the hell you did all week. Where in the Catholics, you got to go into a booth, man. Yeah, yeah, you got to. It's one and on one. And there's dudes on the other side. You, gotta, you can't see him. You know, he's a voice. Yeah. You know, he's a voice. Did George Carlin ever do a spoof on that? I don't know. I don't know. It seems he, he should. It yeah. seems he should have. No, it's but, not that but, particular that I remember. But anyway, if he didn't, uh, anyway, though, I don't think I could have taken that where you have to go in like on Saturday. Cause I remember kids when I was growing up, they had to take time out of the day to mm. go in on Saturday and, go into this thing and confess everything they supposedly did. Man, that'd be tough. That'd be, that'd be tough, man. You'd really have to confront your sins on that level. Well, don't even get me to go any farther. We won't bother. <laughs> uh, would I consider running for president again? I always take the attitude of I'm not a, I can't foresee the future. So I can't unequivocally say it wouldn't happen. Uh, I can't un- unequivocally say it would happen, uh, but I certainly uh, won't. I won't take a position on either side of that issue, whether I 
you know, whether I would or wouldn't do it or not. Uh, so, but a, a lot of things would have to fall into place. And how, she asked, how would I run? Well, I'm certainly not running. I would never run as a Republican. I would never run as a Democrat. Certainly the most interesting thing going in any presidential move for 2024 right now, in my opinion, is the forward party. The Andrew Yang, Christy Todd Whitman, and those people who are trying to create this forward party, which uh, they claim they're going to have ballot access in all 50 states. If there's a party that can achieve ballot access in all 50 states, then that hugely opens up the door. See, because that's the difficulty. And so you've got to have somebody out there with money and resources in which to accomplish that because the Democrats and Republicans make it very difficult. They don't want to be challenged. So therefore, there's not a standard that applies to every state, which there should be. It should be one federalized standard if it's a federal election. But it isn't. It's left up to each state alone. So you have to jump through all the hoops of all 50 states in which to get on their ballot. Now, if you can then achieve ballot access in all 50 states, then you have to get in the debates. And ironically, the Federal Debate Commission is headed by former heads of the Democratic and Republican parties generally. So therefore, they will keep you out of the debates. And if you're not in the debates, then the majority of Americans don't think that you're a legitimate candidate. The way I won in Minnesota was that I was allowed in the debates, that we had achieved major party status, so they had to let me in the debates, basically. And uh, as soon as I debated, I beat them. And uh, they were talking about it the other day, Ty, you'll love this. They were talking about the debates coming up in this year's election, and they said it's going to be the fewest amount of debates since the 1998 Jesse Ventura, Norm Coleman, Skip Humphrey. But you know what they failed to say why 98 had so few of debates? They wouldn't say because the Democrats and Republicans started canceling them. As soon as they saw me gaining this unbelievable momentum. Wow. Oh, yeah, there were three or four debates that got canceled, Damn. you know, because they didn't want to get me on the stage anymore. I was overshadowing their two candidates so badly, but it didn't help. I won anyway. And I'll finish by saying this, hypothetically, if it ends up Biden, Trump, and Ventura, I will beat them in both in the debates again. Oh, I have no doubt. If it, if, if it were to end up that. A, you can talk circles around Biden, and B, you can out-bully Trump any day. Oh, no. It, well, I wouldn't even be that. I would just prove to Donald Trump he doesn't belong in the Wrestling Hall of Fame. <laughs> because I would show him what is required as a talker to be in the Wrestling Hall of Fame. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love and, he, it. and he'd have to face me. And uh, and I'd suggest he call Skip Humphrey and Norm Coleman and find out how easy that is. <laughs> you know, I love it. Well, on that, we will end tonight. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for joining us once again. This is uh, the office is open, the governor's office here on Clubhouse. We will also hey, play. Hey, a- Ty, oh, yeah. I just remember something else too. If I do run, 
I can stay on all these things, right? Because these ain't governed by the FCC, right? No, they are not. No, so we not. could, if that happens, then we'll switch the name to the president's office. There we go. Ooh, I like if, I, if I make the run, mm -hmm. if I'm going to make the run, all the people will know because we'll switch the name of the show to the president's office. We'll, president's take, a office. we'll take a positive attitude. I love it. I love there it. There you all go. Right, everybody. All right, everybody. Bye-bye.